Welcome to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God presented to you by Rev. Bright Nkrumah, the senior pastor at the Kodesh Family Church, Bronx North. He is an anointed pastor and teacher of the Word of God, affecting many lives. Now, get ready to be transformed by this message. Let us pray. Father, we are grateful and thankful. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you lead us and guide us in this service. Speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands together for the Lord and please be seated. All right, well, we want to continue with our message on Anakazo. We've been sharing about Anakazo and we took a break during the Christmas, uh, Christmas, during the Easter, Easter um, Resurrection Sunday. And um, we want to come back to this important message. Okay, we want to return to this important message. So I want us to read our scripture, foundational scripture, so we will bring ourselves abreast with the message of our foundational scripture in Luke chapter 14 and verse number 16. Luke 14 and verse number 16. It says, Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many and sent his servants at supper time to say to them that were bidden come for all things are now ready and they all with one consent began to make excuse the first said unto him i have bought an oxen <laughs> the first said unto him i have bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Wow. So listen to all the excuses. Okay. Listen to all the excuses. Excuses that makes it convenient for the maker of the excuse to not do something. Okay? So, one said, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I have bought it. I've paid for it. But this time that you are inviting me, I must go and see it. Another said, I have bought five yoke of accents and I must need go and inspect them. I'm going to use them for my business. I have paid for them, but this time is the time that I've chosen to go and ensure that they will work well. And another said, I have married a wife, and so I cannot come. I have married a wife, and so I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, wouldn't you be angry if people are giving you excuses like this? 
wouldn't you be angry? We give excuses to the Lord. We, we give so many excuses why we cannot do this, why we cannot do that. And we expect that the, the master of the house should be happy and understand. But the Bible says, the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes and of the cities, and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halls and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you, that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Hallelujah. Excuses. So people are full of excuses. People are full of excuses. And today I want to show you how to practice an idea and biazo. How to practice an idea and biazo. Hallelujah. I think I shared with you what is an idea and what is biazo when we started. Now, biazo is a Greek word that is taken from a scripture in Matthew chapter 11. And it means to use force. To use force or force one's way into a thing. To use force. Amen. Amen. And an idea is a Greek word that means to be shameless. Shameless. Hallelujah. To be shameless. So an idea and biazo are the keys to bring a good Christian up. Is the key to being a good Christian. Is the key to do an effective evangelism. Anadea and Biazo. Amen. And we need these keys in our personal Christian lives. We need them. We need to force God into our lives. Hallelujah. We need to serve God shamelessly. Anadea means shamelessness. We need these two keys. If we are going to serve God effectively. Say amen. Amen. Jesus, the Bible says, despising the shame. There was shame. A king of kings being nailed to the cross. A king of kings being accused by the people that he created. But he endured it. He endured it. It is part of serving God. Reverend, if that is what it is, then I think I'll check out. Amen. Amen. But you realize that we need these keys in all aspects of our lives. In all aspects of our lives. We need this key. A grown man, sometimes you go for interview, you have all your degrees. And then you go for an interview, a grown man, and sometimes there's a little girl. There's a little girl who is the who is a boss who is interviewing you. Twenty-six year old girl interviewing a sixty-five year old man. 
You have struggled to go to school and this is the one who is going to decide your future. And then you go, you have learned all the things about the job, learned all the things about the company, learned so many things and then he sits there and says, how is your family life? And you have to humbly tell the person about your, your family life. What are your hobbies? 65 year old, what hobbies? Are you listening to me? And shamelessly, you have to tell this young girl who could be your granddaughter about your personal life. Are you listening to me? Matthew chapter 11 and verse 11. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 11. Reading 11 and 12. He said, Verily I say unto you, Among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force even the kingdom of God the violent take it by force many people are dying and going to hell in case you didn't know many souls are perishing and they are going to hell many people every day are going to hell hallelujah and we, we sit in our small groups in our churches and we come to hear nice sermons and we are happy with ourselves after church and then we meet our friends and then we talk about our lives and things and we go home and we are happy. Oblivious about how many people are perishing and going to hell. Not concerned at all. It doesn't concern us. Bishop was talking about a story when he was an intern in medical school and he was doing a clinical rotation at the mortuary. And he said he stood and he was watching as many people will drop off. Many cars will come to the mortuary he says, I once worked as a sub-intern at the mortuary of the largest hospital in Ghana. And something struck me that I want to share with you. Every few minutes, a car would park outside the mortuary. Every few minutes. And in that car was the body of a man sprawled in the back of the seat of the car or sometimes in the trunk. I would stand at the main door of the mortuary as people brought in their loved ones and relatives who had died at home or they have died on the streets. So he's standing there and he will see people drop off. They will bring the car and then pull the body and then bring the body into the mortuary. He says these people were so sad and shaky. And you must understand 
that only a few hours earlier they had been talking to a living person who was now gone forever gone forever few hours ago you were talking about you were talking with someone your loved one and now the person is there no more and you are bringing the person's body to be put in a refrigerator and this was happening as he stood at the mortuary and watched they were bringing their loved ones one after the other amen he says i noticed that there did not seem to be any particular time of the day when dead people were brought to this mortuary no particular time of the day as i stood there god showed me that people were dying across the city all the time people were brought to the mortuary on a continual basis that is not reserved for the early morning or late nights have you noticed that death is not reserved for early morning or for late night death is not reserved for young people or for old people have you noticed that there are young people who die and there are old people who die you see when you are young you know you think that it's only old people who die that you grow you grow you grow and then you die when you are young that is how you think when you are young you think that there's so much life ahead of you but you see if a car hits a, another person the person will die just as the car will hit a younger person if an older person is an accident the person will die just as an older person will die. If someone gets sick from whatever, something that affects your liver and kills you, it will kill the old person as well. Are you listening to me? So there's nothing that is defined that old people die before young people. Except that it is common to see that. So he said, as I sat there, I noticed that people were coming in and out, in and out, and that death is not reserved for early morning or late night. It happens anytime, anywhere. And I tell you, whenever you see, you are standing there and you see a car drops and someone is taking in, the person is entering eternity. Each time any car comes, the person is entering eternity. Something so mighty, something so great, eternity, where you are going to spend the rest of life. Amen. Amen. But you see, when you have not noticed that, if you have not stood in front of a mortuary, you will not notice how frequent death is. If you have not stood in front of a mortuary, because the mortuary is the doorway, it's like a doorway to eternity. Do you see? 
It's like the doorway to eternity. So if you see that, it will have symbolized people, many people entering eternity. And that will affect you. I was saying this morning that people who work in a hospital, for instance, you know, they work in, maybe you work in a psychiatric unit or you work in a, maybe a medical, surgical unit, regular unit, or you work in an obstetrics and gynecological unit, something like that. You know, it's not a place where people die on a frequent basis, even in the emergency room. Do you see? So you can see people come, they sit, you take care of them, and they go home. And every now and then, one dies. Do you see? But if you work in a place, for instance, like an intensive care unit, it's like a death machinery. People are dying on a continual basis. I remember during the pandemic, you know, you see, those are times that you realize that death is a very frequent thing. That people can easily just pass on to eternity. Are you listening? There were times when people had died and they were packing their bodies into trucks. These are people entering eternity. Entering eternity. So he said, as he stood there, the Lord ministered to him and said, how many of these people do you think were saved? How many of them do you think they were saved? As you stood by the mortuary and you saw all these people entering, how many do you think were saved? Then he added, he says, I died for them. I gave up my life for them. But are they saved? Are they saved? And that should be a question that we should ask. We hear of our loved ones. We hear of our grandmothers, our parents, our uncles, our sisters, our brothers. We hear about them. And they say, this one has passed on. That one has passed on. Does it occur to you every time? Is she saved? Is he saved? Is that one saved? Is the person going to heaven or to hell? Do you ask yourself that question? If you were to ask yourself that question, it will trouble you so much that the person does not care about God, that the person does not care about eternity, and that will make you do everything to force eternity to be a reality to that person. To confront it. That whether you like it or not, you should confront it because it is imminent. Amen. Amen. It is imminent. Our messages we preach, we should start preaching to ourselves. Preaching to ourselves all the time. Preaching to ourselves. We should think about others. Whenever you are coming to church, you should think about someone who needs to hear this. And you will realize that the reason why people are not saved is because of you. The reason why people are not saved is because of you. 
Because you don't come with someone who needs to hear and be saved. Have you not realized if you bring someone, the person will be saved? Yes. That's the reason why they are not saved. People will not voluntarily, people will not on their own come and be saved. They will not. They will not. Jesus walked on the beach by the seaside. And he saw people who were fishing, busy doing their business and fishing. They didn't care about God at the time. That's not what was on their minds. And when he saw them, he told them, come, follow me. And they stopped and they came. Would they have voluntarily gone to follow Jesus? They wouldn't. Would they have voluntarily started preaching and talking about salvation and preaching salvation to others? Peter would, on his own, would never would have thought about doing that. But somebody has to force him to do that. Somebody has to force him. We need to use Biazo. We need to help people. Force them. Amen. We need to help people. If we are not going to preach forcefully and bring salvation to the people, many will perish. Many will go to hell. Many people will go to hell. And we will be asked. Because they do not know that they are going to hell. They do not know. They do not know. Matthew 7 and verse 13. It says, broad, broad is the way. Broad is the way that leadeth unto destruction. Broad. It is very broad. Narrow is the gate. That leads to life, eternal life. But broad, broad is the way. And wide is the gate. Wow. It should tell you something. Somewhere. It should tell you something. Eric, it says broad is the way. It is so broad. That means that the enemy has magnified his work. And what we are doing is very small. Therefore, there's a narrow gate. Narrow gate. Narrow gates. Are you listening? Yes. <laughs> we cannot leave the people alone. We cannot say that. We cannot say, oh, leave them alone. We cannot say, we have done enough. We have talked to you enough. Leave them alone. We cannot say that. We cannot say that. Forget about this one. We cannot say that. Because they do not know. They do not know. The Bible says, The God of this world has blinded the eyes of them that believe not. There's a God of this world who has blinded their eyes. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4. There's a God of this world. There's a God of this world whose work and purpose is to blind the eyes of people. And they are dancing to his tunes. 
Bishop talked about the story here about how in the World War II, how the prisoners of war, when they had arrested them, the, um, the Nazis, they will put them, they will bring them in trains, large wagons, and bring a whole lot of them. And when they come, they will select the ones who are strong and able, and they will take them out. And the ones who are weak, the ones they, who are old, the ones who are sick, the, the little children who can't do much, and the pregnant women who can work, do hard labor, they will select all of them. And when you look at these photographs, pile of them, like whole lot of them, in a long walkway, and they will strip them naked. They will take all of their clothes off, and then they will make them go and take a shower. As they are coming, you take a shower and then you join. You wash and then you join. So they will tell them that they are decontaminating them. They are purifying them. Are you listening? They are cleansing them. And they will let them take a shower. And then when they finish taking a shower, then they will come as they are walking in the hall and they are going, they start playing some nice music for them. Nice music. Very soothing, very nice music. And then they walk. So the people feel they have been decontaminated and they are now, they are playing nice music. So it is like you are going to a nice place. Do you see? It's like you are going to a nice place. I mean, if they, somebody has given you soap and water, wash, take off your clothes, don't you feel that they are going to give you brand new clothes with nice smell, deodorant, nice things, and they are playing nice music, nice haircuts. You're going to comb, they cut your hair, and you are a brand new person. So they will play this nice tune, and they will walk in like that, like that, until they enter into this chamber, and then they close it. And when they close it, they open the cyclone gas, and they all die. Wickedness. Real, you see, you cannot even perceive it that a human being can do that. But that is what the devil is doing to unbelievers. The devil is walking the unbelievers and we are playing the song, the devil's song, and they are singing along and dancing and life is fine, life is good, life is beautiful, and they are going on. There is nothing, there is nothing at the end. This is it. Life is like this. Keep dancing, keep going, keep dancing, keep going, and they don't care about what is at the end because life looks like it is so nice. How can life be this bad? And they are dancing and they are going, they go to their parties, they get their drinks, they booze, they are drunk, driving their nice cars in their nice homes, working and going, and then you rise up and then you keep going and going until they enter. That is where the enemy is pushing them. And they enter into hell. And there they perish. The Nazi soldiers, they had no good plans for these people. No good plans. 
their end was death. The enemy has no good plans for unbelievers. No good plans. The end, he knows where they are going, is hell. And we need to stand there and preach the gospel. And say, this is not the way. That is the way. It is your responsibility. And it's my responsibility. Are you listening? Yeah. This is not right. This is not fair. There are many that need to hear and be here and be saved. Let us not just come and enjoy and listen and then go and as if we never heard anything. As if we never heard anything. We need to force God into the lives of people. We have friends we work with and we know their lifestyle. We know their lifestyle. We work with them. And we know that they are dancing to the tune of the enemy. They come, Monday they come and they tell you all the dancing they did all the dancing how nice it was how nice it was and you are sitting there you are even ashamed you are embarrassed to say that the whole of the weekend you went for evangelism and then you went to church and then we finished and then we had meetings and we all weekend brother what's your life are you living a life Are you listening to me? And then we finish and then we leave them. We don't say anything to them. And they are perishing. Every now and then we're here. During this pandemic, a lot of our colleagues died. There are a lot of people that we work with that died. But we never said anything to them. And they perish. And they go to hell. This is a lot of many unbelievers because they don't believe in these things. They do not know that they are working to their own destruction. Hallelujah. We need Biazo. Amen. We have to stop our little church games. Preaching, nice sermons, and then we hope that somebody will be saved. We need to force Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So the unbelievers who say, I've heard this before. I don't care about this. To hell with all this church business. Who is God? There's no God. Don't leave them alone. Don't leave them alone. They do not know. It's not them. They do not know. Have you heard that before? Have you heard somebody say that before when you try to witness to them? They say, there's no God. There is no hell. There's no heaven. Do not leave them alone. Because there are people that you care about. There are people that you care about. Amen. Amen. You'll be very happy when we go to heaven and you see people that you witness to and they are there also. You see, sometimes when someone dies, you know, sometimes, even at a hospital, when someone is awake and alert and the person, we know that the person is going to die. And then you go to talk to the person and the person gives his or her life to Christ. And the person dies. You feel certain satisfaction. You feel certain peace. That by the grace of God, this person accepted Christ. 
before the person died. Don't you feel like that? Don't you feel guilty that you could have talked to someone and you didn't and the person died? You can't say you are unconcerned. Amen. You can't say that. Just quickly, I want to share with you about an idea and then we can close. An idea. Luke chapter 11 and verse 8. Verse 5. Let's read from verse 5 quickly. Luke chapter 11 and verse 5. Amen. Amen. It says, And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend and shall say, and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, Though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him as many as he needed amen Amen. so importunity shamelessness it will make you achieve a lot when you are shameless about asking you are shameless about finding something it will make you achieve lot amen you see if someone who you respect so much Someone who you honor so much comes to you, never has begged or never has asked you anything, and comes at a very inconvenient hour and says, Brother, do you have a loaf of bread? No matter what the hour, you look at the person, sometimes you feel even bad for the person to ask you. Are you listening? And for that reason, you rise up to give to the person. Bishop talks about one time, this great man of God, who he respects so much. Something that he has never done before, this great man of God. He came to him and asked him for some money. He said he felt bad. He felt bad for the man. That the man had to go to this level to even come to him to ask. And he says he didn't have it. But he said we have to find the money. We have to. Because even denying that person is more shame. Isn't that so? Denying that person is more shame. So just because the person has asked shamelessly, you will also by all means make a way to give. Hallelujah. And that is what we need to employ. That we have to share the gospel shamelessly. To share it shamelessly. This man, he went to ask his friend, his neighbor, for bread. After such an odd hour, somebody knocking on your door. Knocking. What, What is it? What do you want? I came to ask for bread. 
He said because of his shamelessness, because of his importunity, he will give him all the bread he needs. Let us share the word of God. Let us witness without shame. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of sharing the gospel. Because of your shamelessness, it will bring much. Amen. Amen. After this scripture, he says, Jesus said, after this, he says, and I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Based on this, he says, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Shamelessly. Ask. As you are sitting with someone on the bus, don't be asking yourself, what if I, what if I ask and she doesn't mind me? What if, what, you know, maybe you'll snub me. Okay, then I'll walk away. I'll walk out and cover my shame. Have you felt like that before? Sometimes people feel, even sharing about Christ, you feel embarrassed because they think you are uneducated. True or not true? True. That you also believe in heaven? So you really believe that there's heaven and there's hell? Come on. Say, yes, I do believe that. Yes, I do believe that this is not our end. Yes, I do believe that. Why? Why do you believe in a thing like that? Because the Bible says so. Do you believe the things in the Bible? Oh yes, I believe the things in the Bible. I believe everything that is in the Bible. I believe that Jonah was swallowed up in the belly of the whale. I believe it. And he was there for three days. Don't be afraid. Don't be shamed. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Amen. Amen. Because it is the truth. It is the truth. Hallelujah. It is the truth. And if we are not prepared to be ashamed, we will never bring forth fruits. I'm telling you. If we are not prepared for the shame that comes with bearing fruit, we will never bring forth fruit. Let me tell you. Any woman who is so dignified, and so highly educated. If you want to bring forth a child, you have to endure the shame. You have to lay somewhere about six people in front of you and expose yourself before you can bring forth the fruit. Without the shame, the fruit will remain in you if you want to bring forth fruit. Are you listening to me? Even the act, the whole thing is shameful. It's shameful. And no matter who you are, no matter who you are, no matter who you are, no matter what your status, no matter what your dignity, if you are going to bring forth fruit, you must endure the shame. It's the only way. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Is the only way. The Bible says Jesus, he endured the cross, despised the shame because of the joy that was set before him. The only way. That was the only way. And there are some people, we can only win them out of shamelessness. 
We can only win them. We can talk to them about Christ out of shamelessness. That yes, I believe. And that Jesus died for you. Say it boldly that Christ died to save you. And you need to give your life to Christ. Otherwise you die and you go to hell. And believe it. And say it. But first of all, you don't believe it. And so you can share it boldly. May the Lord help us. I say, may the Lord help us. Hallelujah. May the Lord help us and give us the boldness and the courage to share the gospel with the people who need to hear it. Put your hands together for the Lord and rise to your feet. bow your heads and pray there are many people that you have come across that you could have mentioned Christ to you could have shared the gospel with but because of your dignity because of preserving your image you haven't there are many people that you could have invited to church father forgive us forgive us have mercy upon us have mercy upon us in the name of Jesus have mercy upon us oh Lord give us the boldness give us the boldness give us the boldness despising the shame despising the shame have mercy upon us Lord in the name of Jesus have mercy upon us beloved pray pray ask the Lord to give you that boldness there are many people that have come across your path that could have been saved through you Oh Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us. In the name of Jesus. Have mercy upon us, Lord. Have mercy upon us. In the name of Jesus. Have mercy, oh God. Have mercy. That we will not be ashamed of the gospel. That we can say with Paul that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God it is the power of God, the power of God unto salvation. It is the power of God to life. It is the power of God to deliverance. Let us not be ashamed of the gospel. To share the gospel in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh Lord, save us from this calamity of withholding the gospel from our loved ones, from our friends, from our co-workers, from the people that we come across. In the name of Jesus. Help us, oh God. Help us, oh God. In the name of Jesus. Give us the boldness. The boldness. The boldness of Paul. The boldness to say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. To share Christ. To mention Jesus. To talk about salvation. To witness to somebody. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Father, we ask for the anointing, the power to share the gospel of Christ in the name of Jesus. Help us, Lord, to share the gospel of Christ with boldness in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, it is the power of God to salvation. It is the power of God to salvation. To everyone that believes, there are many who want to believe. But Lord, we have withheld your word. We have withheld your word. 
this afternoon we pray for that boldness to share in the name of Jesus. We thank you Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus name. Amen. Now with all eyes closed and every head bowed. Perhaps you are listening from Zoom. Perhaps somebody invited you to church. Perhaps you have been here many times. But you know that if you were to die today, you are not certain. You are not sure where you will be. But you are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. I want to give my life to Christ. If that is you, you are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Master. You are on Zoom. You are listening. You can receive Christ this moment. And I want you, if you are the one, just lift up your hand wherever you are and I'll pray with you. Anyone here, you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Master. If that is your prayer, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? Anyone here? You are on Zoom, you are listening, you want to receive Christ, lift up your hand and I want everyone here in the church to join and say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Please forgive me of my sins. Please wash me with your blood. Lord Jesus, I come to you just as I am. Have mercy on me. I receive you and I accept you as my Lord, as my Master, and as my Savior. Lord Jesus, please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Clap your hands together for the Lord. We believe you have been blessed with this powerful message. Come worship with us at the Kodesh Family Church located at 1810 Randall Avenue, Bronx, New York at 2 p.m. every Sunday. God bless you.